You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. And what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Tonight, we've got Paul and Andrew here. And let's see, Paul. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, man. This, it's, it's, it's here. The, rut, the, 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 the month, here. yes. The, man, what a, what a time to be a hunter in the state of Ohio. So, I mean, the rut is staring us in the face. We've got the second split for waterfowl coming into the north zone the next week we got the waterfowl coming in we got small game pheasant rabbit starting this friday i mean what what a time and what a time fall turkey still going for another week or two what the four Man, i love it the forecast for saturday you know it's at the first saturday november 75 degrees fabulous mm, yeah can't wait so i i have that on that dark sky app on my phone, you could do, they call it a time machine. So you can like put the date and then you can go back, you know, year by year and see. So I, I put like November 8th or whatever it was. And, you know, it's going to be like you said, 75. And then you start rolling through the years and you see some of those like massive cold fronts come through where it's like, you know, one, one year it was, it was four degrees. I'm like, Oh my God, that's incredible. That's what we're looking for. So no, I'll never forget. I think it was 2020 was the year that it was freaking hot was it 2020 yes it was like 75 degrees paul can you see this do you remember this this picture that somebody put i do together? yeah and it's when it's 80 <laughs> degrees out in the rut but the rut is on and the bow hunter's walking past the trail camera with this his face mask on and his underwear <laughs> heading out to the stand that's what it's going to be uh, like on saturday because i'm going i don't care Accurate. But. I'll de- I'll definitely go too. So, so let's let's dive right in. Months. Uh, let's say thanks to to our partners. We got tetherednation.com, uh, Getting your saddle. I've had I've had kind of a, my last two jaunts up the tree. Months have been every time we go out, it's a learning experience, right? Uh, You're out there pissing off the vegans, though, man. Yeah, taking yeah. out those trees. That's it. Yeah, we'll dive we'll dive into that, but. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm every time I go up, I'm, I'm learning something, and most of it's learning not what to do, you know, what not to do. So I'm still in that phase, which I'm okay with that. I kind of knew that going in, but I will say I have seen more deer this year getting elevated, being mobile, uh, man, than I have uh, in years past. So very happy, tetherednation.com. Go check them out. Thanks to our friends, go wild months. They've got uh, what do they got? A thousand thousands of new products hundreds of new uh of of uh of new companies new brands on their website so check them out you know i was going to try to find like uh just do like a funny 
because uh, they they got some really like some really cool products. Um, they, so this is so this is my this is this is my Paul's Go Wild product of the week. Uh, it's available for sale. It's forty one dollars and ninety nine cents, Andrew. Uh, it is the White Gold Acorn Nugget Attraction. So, what is this? Is this just uh, it's just like ground up acorn, I, dude? That would be that's got to like uh, just freaking ring in the dinner bell, man. Ring in the dinner bell. Or there's also the Black Widow Hot and Ready Triple X Deer Lure. $22.99 available and go wild. So sign up for an account, you get 10% off. Uh, thanks to those guys for the support of our show. Awesome set of, you know, awesome group of people down there. Great, great thing they've got, uh, they got going. So yep, check it out. And, uh, and also thanks to everybody uh, Andrew, at first light. Yeah. So. Say, look, I put, I put their sticker. There it is. Sticker behind me. Yeah, there it is. There it is. So too many of those stickers, but definitely um, I'm, I'm wearing my, my warm season stuff way longer than I thought I was going to. So, that's ridiculous. Whatever. So yeah, let's go. Let's go into my kill shot for the for the weekend. So I'm, I'm hunting that Kilder Plains wildlife area, and it was my third or fourth hunt there. I can't really recall. Uh, but so I hunted the morning, and damn it, man! I same thing. I wanted to hunt a different area. I'm looking at the map. I see what's going on. I'm like, okay, I need to move farther west into this property. And I, I see like just this massive game trail and like the wind's right in my face. So I'm like, all right, boom. So I'm going to set up on this game trail. What I didn't realize what there were two game trails. I had three deer, three does come in right behind me, uh, blew me out of the water. So I sat there, hung there for probably another two hours. So, so I get down. I'm like, all right, man, I, I have just a limited, like I have like two days to hunt this week. So I want to spend the rest of my time here uh, on Sunday. I'm going to look. Uh, I'm or Saturday, I think it was. Hell, I don't even remember. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find some sign, you know, because I, I, I knew I was close. I just had to. I had to finish off, dude. I found the biggest rubs that I've ever seen. Um, a ton of deer sign, a massive bedding area, and sure as shit, Andrew, you can watch the video on uh, on our TikTok O2 podcast. It's also on Go Wild O2 podcast. Also on Instagram the dot O2 podcast. Dude, I saw a deer. So I'm like, I'm sitting down. I'm, I'm, I'm on on X. I'm marking all of these these features, you know, just so I can have them. I'm putting wind on it, and I'm sitting there, and I and I hear. I mean, it's as dry as it can be, and I hear. Psh, psh, psh. I'm like, oh my god, and it is like directly over my right shoulder. So I pop up, like real slow. Like I can, I can, I can see this. It's a doe. I can see this deer coming, and so I'm looking at her over my shoulder when she turns, like puts her head down to browse. I like get up and I turn around. I, I put my release on my on my bow, and when I when I first when I, when I stood up, she was I, I ranged it. She was probably like right around fifty yards, so forty five to fifty yards. So she she gets closer, and dude, I am shaking like a leaf. And you guys can make fun of me; that's fine. Shaking for I was shaking like a damn leaf. I, I haven't stared down a doe or a deer for that matter with a bow in my hands in a long time. It's all been gun. It's been gun hunting. Dude, it was awesome. Not gonna lie, I was freaking loving it. And so she she gets into she gets into range. She's about she's less than forty. I'm like, all right. And so she stops, and I go to pull back my bow, but I was shaking so bad I couldn't pull it back. Like I, I'm embarrassed to say that. I'm like, well, I, I could. I'm like, all right, you got to calm down because you're you're gonna mess this up. So and she has no idea that I'm there. 
So I stop. I'm, I'm, I'm just like breathing. My knees are shaking. My hands are shaking. I'm like, dude, you're going to be all right, man. Like, just, just take a big, deep breath, kill this deer, move on through that. So I calm myself. She starts, she sees me at this point. And so it all comes back. I'm like, oh shit, here we go, man. And I mean, she's like looking at me, heads bobbing and I'm shaking. I'm like, there's no way that, that she's going to, and she's dude, she walks right towards me. I'm like, oh, here we go. So I, pull back i pull my bow back and i bring it up and she's about 30 for my estimation she's 35 to she's less than 40 35 to 40 pull my bow back i go i pull i, I put my peep side up dude i can't see my i can't see my peeps or i can't see my, my my pins i can't see any of my pins i'm like i'm freaking out i'm like oh my god and so I, I pull my head outside of my bow and I'm doing this with my mic my mic's the bow i pull my head out and i look and there's a piece of grass like like tall grass it's like four inches long hit like as i was walking through scouting had like just gotten piled up on this on the site so it completely covered like the 60 50 and the and the 30 yard pen there was a tiny little like chunk of the red 40 because on my site it's it's got two greens on the bottom of red two greens on the top so my my red pen is my 40 and it's just like the tiniest little sliver. The 30s completely covered. The 20s wide open. So the only thing I have is 20. So I'm pulled back and like she is right in front of me. So I'm looking at her outside of my bow. I'm like, okay, I gotta wait. I gotta, I gotta hold this bow because if I let down like that bare bow that I have when it like I'm dude, it just it's an ordeal getting that thing. She's gonna see me. So I have to hold it. I'm just shaking for what feels like forever. And she gets to where I'm like, okay, she's she's 20 yards. I put it right over her back, mm. right over her back. Um, and I don't, and so it's, it's, it's funny. I, um, it was either right over her back or under her back. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I missed the deer. That's the, the moral of the story. But when I, when I went, um, I could see what I, what I think was like where she kicked off because there was like a pile of leaves. It looked like, and so I ranged that spot from where it was 26 yards. So probably high. So, yeah, so I think I was I think I was high. Um she ran off to my left and stopped and broadside, like 20 yards broadside, knocked another arrow, start to pull back and she's like, "Oh, hell no. I know <laughs> I see you now." And she was gone. And so when I after I when I shot that first arrow, I I, I knew I hit a tree. It was super loud. And I put the video up on on our socials. You can see it, but dude, I drilled that tree freaking drilled it I, I like whittle like wiggled it out of there and like took it i mean because it like split the side of the tree like you could see it that thing is in there did you get it out though oh yeah i got yeah, it yeah. Out. i got the air do the arrows fine it's it's funny because I, I i bring it back i throw that 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 tough head broadhead on that strop that i got from serious archery dude that thing is is completely lethal did absolutely no damage the only damage that it did was on the bleeders which those things I mean, it had like the tiniest little like ripple to it. Not even a ripple. Like you can just see where it just kind of, kind of it's, it's supposed to rip and tear. Like that's the whole point of it. So I sharpened that thing up. I shot that arrow, dude, I was dead nuts. 35, 40 yards, everything I shot with that, with that arrow and that broadhead. So absolutely no damage, but man, I was so close. So close, Andrew. It's such so, a rush. It's yeah, it was, it was awesome. And I told you, I'm like, you know, I, I know I miss, I know I flood the shot. And I was talking to some guys on Instagram and go wild. And they're like, you know, M Mike Larson was like, what's well, a learning, you know, it's a learning thing. And I'm, I, dude, if I were to look down at my site, just looked at it, I would have pulled that piece of grass off and it would have been game over. Like I have no doubt in my mind, 
but with that, it just threw a wrench in my plans, man. And, and I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't react well. It, it didn't go the way it, I had planned at all, but yeah, totally, it was still cool. Totally. Good. And then I went and then I went and saw the guys. Uh, I saw Sarge and Henry at the, uh, the DNR facility up there. It was cool, man. I went up there to just to say hi uh, to the, to the folks working there. And uh, they had a truck, but full of boxes, full of pheasants. So, because the the youth, the youth hunt was so this would have been Friday. The youth hunt was Saturday, is what it was. So I was up there on Friday. Youth hunt was Saturday, and they were they were letting pheasants out, which is pretty neat. So they they let me hold a pheasant. That was pretty cool. I got I got a couple couple feathers pheasant feathers right there. That's awesome. So yeah, man, it was cool. It was it was a good day. So thanks to, to Sergeant Henry and all of our ODNR employees for uh for doing all your all all the all the hard work. So Absolutely. that was my deer story, man. That was it. So I haven't done anything outside after that. No, that's good. Uh, you you did trick or treating. That was important. Um, got to I did. I raked my leaves, and the next day you can't tell that I did anything. Right. The when you know it's uh, we all sit here as average Joes looking online and seeing these big name people, you know, Tony Peterson, Andy May, Mark Ken. You go down the list, whoever. Right. And these guys are putting down huge deer. The Seek One guys. They just go from place to place, hunting public, putting down big deer everywhere. And it's not easy. It's not. Okay. And, you know, you saw the littlest thing can can throw you off on a doe. And, I mean, some of these guys, I mean, it's more more hats off to them. Um, may or may not be their their jobs. But, like, still, for the average person who gets to go out, a handful of times if you get to take a deer with archery equipment that's a big deal man to get them in that yeah. close and to have everything under control enough to get it done so it's not easy but you learn no no it's not it's the closest i've been to a deer with a bow in a long time and it we'll felt good there. man i'm not gonna lie it we'll felt good to be quote unquote back in the saddle so good um i'm trying to think since the last time we talked i don't think i've really been out much. i know i I know you you haven't killed anything. Uh, uh, you, yeah, I, don't, I went out once tonight. Um, yeah, no luck because I was hoping to catch a Halloween buck walking through. They're they're definitely on the cameras and their activity. Although, like we talked in our talk tonight with Derek, a lot of them, including the does, are very very nocturnal right now. So. Whatever, uh, we'll figure that out. And that's all weather. That's all weather driven, right? Weather pressure, all of it. Yeah. Who I, knows? Who the hell knows? And I don't. I think we knew I, someone that ran. I was gonna say I like to, I like to hunt in the mornings a lot, uh, and I haven't been able to do that like normal. So that could be another part of it. But. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say if we knew if, if we knew some guys that ran a podcast, we could get like those. What is the the Michigan or Mississippi State University deer lab people? Yeah, let's get those right. guys on. Think like a deer, man. Tell me how to think like a deer, <laughs> Mississippi State. Well, man, that's me making fun of people from Mississippi. So hey. if you're from Mississippi, I love you. Uh, I'm scared of all the snakes uh, that I see in your state when I turkey out there. So while we're on Mississippi, and I'm not, I'm not completely dogging people from Mississippi, but I did some judging for uh, FFA competitions over at the national convention last week in Indianapolis. And you get these teams from all over the the country, and I, it was funny. I told my kids, I said, "Dad's gonna get to. I'm gonna meet people from all these cool states. Where cool states do you think I'll meet people from? You know, California. I'm trying to name like all the furthest ones away. The first like four teams I had, 
Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Kentucky, New York. I'm like, oh, wow, getting real exotic on our states here today. But then <laughs> right. uh, next thing I knew, I had a team from Puerto Rico. And then so that got that. Then I had to explain what Puerto Rico was because it's not really a state. And you, that was very confusing. But um, I got the team from Mississippi and they came walking up and I said, well, hey, guys, where are you? Where are you guys from? And I'm like, what? Mississippi. What what did he just say? And there was a girl on the team. She's like, Mississippi. And I'm like, oh, 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 okay. But I could not understand that first kid. I felt so bad. Um, but I was talking to somebody who's down there or in Louisiana. He's like, I said, man, I could not understand that kid from Mississippi. He goes, that's ah, okay. Nobody can understand anybody from Mississippi. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, man, that was good. Good people down there. Great state. Absolutely. Great state. But so. um, what else we got, Paul? It's deer killing season. We're going to have Alex Herms come on and talk to us about his buck that he got. Um, first buck with a bow. And then uh, after that, we're going to have our buddy Derek uh, from Go Wild. Derek is also a first responder down there. And he gave us the down in, toward in Kentucky. But he gave us uh, some time tonight just to talk about hunting and uh, some of his rut, rut strategy and tactics. So that was good. Um, don't have a ton of news from around the state. Whipple State Nature Preserve is getting expanded uh, by 90 acres. That was one of the highlights. And then Trees to Textbooks invests more than $1.5 million in local schools and communities. So... Uh, more information on ODNR's website on those topics if you're interested. I know everybody likes the deer number harvest totals, so we'll get that. We've got a total of 31,325 deer that have been harvested in Ohio, with 20,302 of them are antlerless, and then 11,023 that have antlers. And... Number three county is Tuscarawas County right now with 1,046. Number two is Trumbull County with 1,075. And still atop the leaderboard is Coshocton County with 1,209 deer. Yeah, a little separation there from last week. A little bit, yeah. I think those yeah. might be the only three counties that are over 1,000 each. So Yeah, I'm going to do some pheasant hunting in Coshocton County on Friday. This Friday, the fourth. That'll be fun. Annual uh, annual trip to do that. So fun, good deal. Yeah, yeah. Can't and then then after that, man, I, I'm gonna go, dude. I I, I want to kill a deer so damn bad, Andrew. I I can't explain it. I can't explain it. I get it. I get it. Oh God, I'm gonna freak out if I don't kill something here soon. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> so we got our Michigan trip coming up here in, in gosh two weeks. It's flying at us. So we'll do, we're going to do an, uh, an O2 road show, I think up there. That'll be fun. We're going to pair some cool guys. So that'll be good. Yeah. But besides that, man, I, I don't know if we got anything else. Uh, like I said, we got Alex and then we'll get into Derek. Is there a couple, not big name people, but, uh, there, there are people, right? They're just like you and me and, um, damn right. Getting it done. Good guys. Woods, so, yep. Good guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, follow us on uh, on Instagram, Go Wild Socials, uh, TikTok. Yeah, we got some we got some stuff going up on TikTok. Uh, yeah, leave us a review. 
uh, we appreciate the reviews that we've had. I've, I've got a list of stuff, Andrew, that I need to get some, some stuff sent out to some guys. So that's coming, coming your way. But, uh, yeah, man, what a time to be a hunter, to be an angler in the state of Ohio, man. This is, this is what we all live for right here. So it is congratulations. Welcome to November. So good luck to everybody. If you get out in the woods and we will talk to you next week. See you guys. And what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 podcast tonight. Paul, what are, we, what are you calling this? The O2 Hunt Camp? The the O2 Hunt Camp, yeah. Alex, do you like that name? The O2 Hunt yeah, Camp? Yeah, sounds good to me. I love All it. All right, good. We've good. got well, our, our next edition here of the O2 Hunt Camp with Alex Herman. Alex, how are you today? I'm doing great. Doing great. Glad to be here. Dude's rocking a killer mustache. I'm just... Uh, I like it. Yeah, damn good. I always threaten my wife that I'm going to come home and just have the mustache, and she's like, don't you dare. Don't you dare. So I, I did that one year, just like middle of summer, one of my old golf courses and walked in for like the morning meeting. And I look ridiculous. I look like a fat child when I shaved my face. And all <laughs> of the guys that work for me started laughing when I walked in. They couldn't take me serious. So, But Alex, you look like you could pull it off. Good for yes. you. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, man. Alex, you were uh, successful here. It was, it was a couple of weeks ago, I guess, at this point. But nonetheless, I wanted to make sure we got on to talk to you about it. Um, do you want to give us a quick background, you know, where you're from and uh, where you're at and what happened? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm uh, I'm from uh, just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, and I've been down here for, I went to school down here and then I've lived down here for about four years now. Um, I kind of took a pause in hunting for the four years that I was in school, but I really picked it up in the past two or three years. Um and then uh, I'm a public land hunter, so I've just been trying to hunt uh, the different public lands around southeastern Ohio. Awesome. And I- did you did you go to OU? Sorry, pardon me, pardon me. Southwestern Ohio. There you I go. My direction is mixed up. Where did no, you go? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Is Xavier, oh, okay. or Xavier, Xavier. Wow. Oh. Nervous. Sorry, are we able to cut that? No, you're <laughs> good. The musket, musketeers, right? Yes, musketeers. Yeah, good, good deal. So public land hunter, Southwest Ohio. Um, what, uh, so, so this was your first deer, right? Or first buck. Is that what you said? Yeah, correct. Uh, first compound buck. Yeah. Okay. First compound buck. Very good. So are you, uh, are you tree stand hunting? Are you hunting from the ground? What's, what's kind of your method of hunting? Yeah, I actually, I run a tethered saddle right now. Okay. Um, so I've just been just been saddle hunting. Yeah, it's been we like that. Honestly, it's it's been a game changer. I've, I used it uh, last year as well, and um, I, I'd say the increased mobility has really helped get on just deer in general. Good deal. So so this this buck was it? Had you seen him before? Or, you know, with trail cams or just run-ins with him, or was it just he just walked into your life and you killed him? Yeah. No. So. Um, I don't, I don't run too many trail cameras, actually. Um, I had a trail cam in this area last year, and my brother had hunted this same area last year, and we had, he had seen a buck. I'd had a nice buck on cam, um, but that's, that's pretty much it. Um, he had hunted, my brother had hunted this area during the rut. Um, I'd seen two bucks. Um, but then this, this year, I was out hunting opening weekend and was just driving home after my first sit and ended up seeing a buck kind of crossing the road at about 1030 
um, on my way out in this general area. And that's what gave me the idea to get back in there. So it was the second weekend of the season that I killed this deer. Um, and I, yeah, I went back in, um, but no real Intel. I, I was using the Onyx um, thermal and then Oak layer. And I was finding an area, um, I had a field that was on top of this ridge. Uh, there was a northwest wind and some thermal cover off the east side of the ridge. So I was assuming that maybe they were kind of bedding on that leeward side, um, hitting some oaks, staging on their way down to some, uh, I think it was soybeans at the uh, so it's soybeans down in the egg fields on the bottom. Um, so it's kind of that middle transition area that I was targeting. And this was something that you picked up on the fly after seeing the buck cross the road, right? Yeah, it was an area that I had had in mind, again, from, from my brother hunting down there. Uh, but seeing that buck gave me the, the idea to get back in there again. Yeah. That's great. And I, I love the fact that it, it's not all camera data that you're relying on. You use your, your, your eyes. Wow. Believe that, you know, can you imagine that we actually opened our eyes and saw it, saw where the deer were. Um, so you went in there that opening week or second weekend, right? Uh, you kind of, yep. I love, man, the analysis there of the wind and the thermals and the leeward and all that stuff. What do we, we get them in the morning or at night? This was an afternoon set. Afternoon set. So about what time do you head in there and, and give us a rundown? Were you on that east side? Where were you? Uh, you said you were in the transition area or? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I tried to get in pretty early. Um, I, I hunt a lot of public land again. So um, I tried to get my car in there and get set up maybe before some other guys do. Um, when, I, when I was setting up a car, I actually pulled into my parking lot. Um I don't know if they saw me and got discouraged or whatnot, but they ended up turning around. Um, so yeah, I made my, I made my way down um, to the southeastern side of this, what I would call a ridge. It's, it's kind of like a rectangle. Um, it was that southeastern portion. Um, uh, and then, and then tried to set up right in the transition uh, in some, in some oaks. I, I was scouting my way in and, I had heard some oaks dropping and figured this was as good a spot as ever. There's a, it's, it's kind of right on the like a peninsula in the public too. So it was right on a public private border. I was set off maybe 30 yards or 40 yards from that border. Um, and there was actually a, a, a fence set up right on the private line. So I was thinking, and it, it kind of worked out this way that uh, the deer was moving along the side of the ridge and hit that fence line and either had an opportunity to go up the hill towards me or down the hill into the bottom. Uh, and he ended up choosing, uh, coming up the hill and, uh, you know, right into my line. That's awesome. So when he, you, how far, I guess, out did you see him when you first caught eyes of him and you realized, all right, he's going to have this fork in the road and he's either going to come my direction or go the other, like how far out was he? Yeah. I'd, I had first seen him, um, probably 40 or 45 yards away. Uh, and, and I had passed over this real heavy, this real heavy trail that I was assuming actually most of the deer would take into this, this uh, into this acorn flat. Um, but he really stayed over the edge of the hill and worked that thick cover right to the, the fence line. And then I picked him up again. Um, so, you know, under like the weak side of the saddle. So to my right side, maybe about 30 yards away. 
And then that's when he decided to come up and he actually came up um, to about 10 yards and that's where I shot him. Nothing wrong with that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty close. All right. So on a scale of one to 10 nerve level uh, during the moment, where were you at? Uh, it, it had to have been, uh, I would say like an eight to a nine. Um, it, it happened pretty fast once he turned. Uh, so I didn't get my nerves like all the way up. I didn't have an opportunity to watch him like come in from like 60 or 70 yards, but, uh, I was, I was shaking pretty good. Yeah. And this was only my second deer with the bow. So I was, I had, I had the shakes going. And man, when they're coming in at that time of the year with all the foliage and everything, I mean, it helps to conceal you, but it can be hard to pick them out, uh, and coming in. So that's, that's great that you had that much time, but it does, it goes quick. And then you start kind of blanking and like, well, okay, make sure I do everything right. But the shot was, was good. And how, what was the, uh, blood trail like? Yeah. So the, the shot was pretty good. It, I, I, I put it right through, um, it was quartering two. So I put it right through that front shoulder, um, and it exited maybe a couple of ribs back. Um, I wasn't able to see my arrow i actually didn't get a full pass through on the on the shot so the blood trail wasn't uh maybe for the shot wasn't as good as i was expecting but it, he ran uh 60 yards and i saw him fall over so That's that was yeah i wasn't i wasn't too worried there yeah the best feeling so if anybody's wondering paul has uh, muted himself because i think all of his huffing of glue is getting catching his uh nose and he's sneezing I'm a mess. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Alex, damn good job on the deer, man. Congratulations. I'm going back on mute. <laughs> I can't breathe. Um, well, that's awesome. And now the buck himself, you know, um, what? He's not a 180, right? But he's your first buck, right? And you are you come from the state of up, up there in Wisconsin and the OKS hunter guys. And, you know, it's the shooter buck mentality. And, uh, damn proud of you man like that is that's awesome and you got the job done i i mean yeah. what a what a story and you got that for for years to come yeah thanks i i mean i really appreciate it it's those those okay hunter guys they um they're from oconomowoc which is maybe 10 minutes from where i grew up so uh i, I think it's really cool with what they're doing but um yeah not not obviously not the biggest deer but uh it got me excited and i wasn't really gonna pass on anything buck or doe i'm not out there I'm not out there targeting giants like, uh, you know, and all that pressure's off your shoulders now for the rest of the year. So, yeah. although Honestly, yeah, we can only go up from here in size, so. yeah. <laughs> your honey do list got longer. I bet though. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll remember that deer the rest of your life, man. That, that was, that, I'm sure that was super exciting. So, um, yeah. what kind of bow do you shoot? I'm looking at it right now. I can't tell. It looks, that's a good setup. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I shoot a Matthews V3 right okay. now. Um, and then over the off season, I just upgraded, I got like the Eastern axis. I'm not like the super micro diameter arrows, but they're the five millimeter arrows. So they're a little bit smaller than, than some. And then I actually, ju I just changed to the, uh, the sever inch and a half, uh, expandable broadheads too. Gotcha. Is that what you shot them with? Yep. Yep. And obviously it worked, but, and you like those I've heard very good things about those. I, um, I do. I do. Um, I, and I had shot a coyote the week prior with one as well. Um, and, and I actually shot that like right into a, a riverbed. So there were some rocks and everything and the blade stayed not too ding. So nice. Good deal. I, did, yeah. you, did you, bro, did you hit the coyote? Yeah. Okay. That maybe we should have been talking about that. I mean, 
those little <laughs> weasels are so fast and, and sneaking through, man, that's, that's impressive. So yeah, that was actually, I, I sat there the, the Saturday afternoon of opening day. And I, I went back into a spot that I was really excited about. I had had a cam there. I had some bucks on camera um, over like a mock scrape that I created. And I was really excited to get in there. I had a, a Southwest wind, but with the way the ridge fell, everything was pulling, um, you know, from the East to the West. And I just, I think I probably with my way, I didn't wind map it or anything. So I think I was probably spooking a lot of deer out. Didn't see any deer, but about 40 minutes after I, um, had set up, I had three coyotes come down this riverbed from my East and I ended up stopping one at 20 yards and smoked them. Wow. Damn. So when you, when you shot, when you shot the deer, who was the first person that you called? Yeah. So, uh, the first person that I called was, um, was my girlfriend actually her, her parents were in town that weekend and I was, uh, going to go back and see them. So I had to call her and tell her I was going to be a little bit late. So, uh, so time out, time out. So you, you put, good for you, man. (laughs) Because if my wife's parents and they, they live 500 yards from us, but they were in town, like hunting would be a not happening. So that's a bold move cotton, but you made it happen, man. Yeah, it was a, it was a kind of a spur of the moment thing, I guess, for her parents to come down. And I had, I'd been telling her all week, I was like, you know, it's it's beginning of the deer season. I got it. I've got to get out. And, you know, thankfully she was pretty okay with it. So good. Didn't rub too many feathers. So was she was she excited for you? Is she like, cool, are you coming home though? Yeah, no, she's she's always excited. She's she's great about it. She lets me go out pretty much whenever I want. Um so I'm yeah, thankful, thankful for her about that. That's awesome. Good good deal, man. Well, Alex, we appreciate you joining us tonight and uh we look forward to future success. Keep us in the loop and uh let us know how it goes. Yeah, we'll do always. Thanks guys, I really appreciate appreciate yeah, it. Right. Thanks, Thank thanks, Alex. Yep. All right, what's up, everybody? We're back. The O2 Podcast, the Ohio Outdoors Podcast. Tonight, we've got Mr. Derek Tolls. Did I say it right? You did. Derek is one of our buddies down there in Louisville uh, at Go Wild. Part-time Go Wild, part-time life-saving first responder. And we've got him while, while he's out saving people. Not really at the moment, but... He might have to jump at any moment yeah. to go save the world. Yeah. So, yeah. where at in the firehouse are you? Are you bunkering down? Uh, right now, I'm like holding up in our training room. Our our station is the training headquarters, so we have a really nice big training room off on the side. So, it's a it's a weeknight. No one's using it, so I'm holed up over here. And you are, oh are you da- you're down in Louisville. Are you in the suburbs? Yes, Louisville's weird. So I'm not on Louisville Fire, but we are still in Louisville Metro. Gotcha. And we got you on Halloween night, so we know nothing. No shenanigans are happening. Hopefully, all the shenanigans are out of the way already. <laughs> if it's anything like <laughs> Columbus, from what I've heard, uh, yeah, you you might have a long night. But anywho, enough of that. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about hunting stuff, man. Um, you've had an exciting year already. Uh, you you want to tell us a little bit about what you what you've been up to? Yeah, man. Um, I don't know how into it we really want to get here. Um, little shameless plug for our uh, Go Wild podcast on Censored. We did a whole episode on uh, my bear hunt, which is what you're talking about. But um, I'll I'll tell you a little bit about it here for sure. Um, 
in early September, first uh, nine days, roughly of September, we headed out to Colorado for their, they have a limited quota rifle season for black bear out there, which coincides right when elk archery opener is also. Um, so we definitely were crossing some paths with some elk hunters while we were out there. But uh, yeah, we loaded up, headed out to Colorado, drove out there, and uh, we were nine days on the ground out there. And I think it was day five, uh, I tagged a really beautiful black bear. And then we hunted pretty hard after that to try to fill the second tag because it was me and a buddy who were out there. And uh, like I said, nine days of hunting, we couldn't fill the second tag. But yeah, that's what I was up to in September and then came back and been doing some deer hunting and did a little early waterfowl also. Does uh, that trip out to Colorado, is that the first time you've been out there for black bear or you've been out before? Uh, that was my first time in Colorado for anything. Um, I've done a couple of hunts out west in previous years, but that was the first time I've hunted in Colorado. Wow, that's impressive. Five days in? Because that's about that time when your your brain just is like, I'm not sure I'm even doing this right. And am I any good it was, at this? Or? It, it, was, it was rough those first few days. Um, like I said, if you go listen to our episode on Uncensored, you'll hear a lot more about it. But you know, we went out there with the whole mindset of trying to, you know, glass and spot and stock like your traditional Western hunt. And we started off in some pretty high altitude. Um, and it, it wasn't, we weren't seeing the sign that we wanted to see out there. Um, we kind of went out there with the mindset of finding the oak flats and we found oak flats, but they weren't producing any acorns yet. Um, so through running into and talking to some other people, we found out that the bears were still actually at a lot lower altitude than they were in the real thick, nasty stuff where all the choke cherries and other kind of berries were. So we honed in on an area at a much lower altitude and made it work. It's awesome, man. That is awesome. So I, Derek saw me at my weakest, Andrew, this, this spring. Uh, I was fortunate enough to do some, some spring turkey hunting with, with, with Derek. Is this when you were wearing uh, those croc things? Yeah. So first, <laughs> first part of the day, first, first thing out the gate, I forget my boots. I'm wearing my, my mossy oak bottom land cross kicks, which was pretty funny. And then he saw me miss, did all this work, got me on turkeys twice, got me on two turkeys. I shot and missed. And it was heartbreaking. So Derek, Derek saw me at my absolute weakest moment uh, during during a spring turkey hunt. But well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some credit real quick though, Paul, because on that first turkey that we we got pretty close. I think you were the one that came up with the idea on how to close the deal on that one. Oh man, that son of a bitch just turned right at the worst pause, and you yep. called it. I'm like, ah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's gonna go right up the ridge. I'm like, oh, don't do it. And he was about 70 <laughs> yards months and just whoop right up the ridge. So yeah. it was cool. It was a good hunt. I had a, I had a lot of fun. I freaking love the hills of Kentucky, man. I know mm -hmm. Brad was putting some pictures up on on TikTok and go wild the other day. It was just an awesome state, very similar uh, to like like the deep southeastern portion of Ohio. I feel like, but man, it was just it's beautiful. beautiful down there. Yeah. So what do you so deer season? What's what's your plan? Are you you got you got something picked out, or you uh, are you very much like an opportunistic hunter? Whatever you classify as a shooter buck rolls through, you're sending an arrow. What's what's kind of your play? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm more on the opportunistic side of things. I in my younger years would get out there and run cameras a lot and try to pick out a buck. That became a lot of work. Um, I'm because I mean it's I mean you know Paul it's my property that I hunt at it's not just a quick drive down the road I mean just to get out there and 
set cameras up and then go check them because that was really before cell cameras were a big thing. I mean, that's a whole day activity right there. Um, I've been telling some guys at Go Wild even that I'm going to try to revisit putting cameras out there now that we have cell cameras. But um, I, I very much turned into a kind of an opportunistic hunter over the last four or five years. Um, you know, getting venison in the freezer is more important to me than the antlers. Um, but, you know, I try to – I try to be a little more selective at the beginning part of the season. Um, I did see, actually, I was texting you guys on that group chat we got going uh, was a couple of weeks ago. I saw a really nice buck that I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of trying to hold out for that buck now. I've been hunting that area that I saw him. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, I just, I, I find areas that have sign and I go set up there and see what, see what comes by. So are you scouting like early season and that's it, or 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 do you do a lot of in season scouting? Kind of kind of like right now, you're like, eh, where's that buck at, or or what's what's your kind of your scouting tactics? Oh, uh, with, with yeah, with with where I'm at right now on our property out there, I'm blessed with the you know I have a very good knowledge of that property. I've been hunting out there my whole life. Um, you know, if I was trying to hunt on public land, it would be a completely different mindset. But, um. I'm, I'm kind of scouting year round, you know, I'm out there at the property throughout the year doing all kinds of things, whether it's turkey hunting, fishing, or deer hunting, whatever, you know, I'm out there year round. So I always kind of got an eye on what's going on, where the deer are, where acorns are, where rubs are, where scrapes are, stuff like that. And that's, you know, I just build that knowledge as I go throughout the year. And then that's where I'll try to focus. So if you, if you have a run in, and, and so this is kind of where I'm at right now, I've got, I've got this, this really awesome hunt that I've got until November 5th. It's a wildlife refuge uh, here, here in Ohio. I didn't get any access to it until the day that I could hunt it. So, so I get 10 days, well, two full weeks. And I don't know, man, I, I'll hunt the morning. I've been out there four times. I'll hunt the morning and then I just get down and I, and I kind of scout and I look for, mm-hmm. I look for rubs. I look for, um, you know, scrapes or bedding areas the problem that I have is like, it's just, so it's completely flat. I mean, it's as flat as a pancake. So there's not really any like terrain features to kind of look at. Yeah. I blew a bunch of deer out of there the other day, shot at one uh, and missed, hit a tree. You guys saw all that. Uh, if you haven't seen that, feel free to hop on, uh, go wild or the new O2 TikTok, uh, Andrew. And you can see my, my talk about that. But so if you, if you're, if you're moving around, you blow a deer out, like how, how, like stressed out do you get about finding a new spot or do you just kind of anchor down because you know you're in the right area yeah i don't personally i don't worry about it i know everyone's going to have a different opinion on this and and i think everyone's opinion has some truth to it and a lot of it does depend on the area that you're hunting how pressured it is all kinds of other things come into play there but like with me if i blow a deer out of an area i mean it happened to me the other morning when i was going into setup i blew a couple deer out on my way in and I kind of had that initial moment of like, Oh, that sucks. But then, you know, an hour later set up only maybe 200 yards further down from where that happened. I, I was, I've had deer all over me. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, my, an older guy that I've done a lot of hunting with throughout the years, he, uh, he always likes to say that, you know, there's only two things that scare deer and that's everything that moves and everything that doesn't move. So, when you kind of think about that and you, you remember that these deer are getting jumped throughout the day all the time. 
And in my opinion, a lot of times they don't even know what's actually jumping them. They just know that something's going on right now that I don't like, so I'm going to get it out of here. And unless you just really blow a deer out, I mean, people, you, you can, you can watch them do it in the woods. You know, they might run 50, 60, 70 yards, but then they'll stop and then they just go back to feed uh, or whatever they were doing. So I don't get too caught up in the fact that, you know, I blew a deer out. I, they're going to be back there sooner than later, in my opinion. You know, Derek, I agree with you. And you never know what's going to bump them. Could be a coyote, could be a combine, could be whatever. I was sitting up there tonight, and Paul, I was receiving my text messages, but those woods were not quiet because the birds were going at one point. Then it was like the second the birds went down, the one neighbor was over with his, like, uh, I don't know, some piece of equipment. I couldn't quite see it, but it was loud as hell. Next thing I know, they're Mm -hmm. combining the, the thing across the way. And it's like all this stuff could bump these deer or make them change their patterns. But at the same time, I literally was scrolling through pictures, sending them to Paul. I've got a nice buck that was in front of my camera, which is this is why cameras are detrimental. But last year on Halloween, he was there at 4 o'clock in the morning or something. And then this year he was there at on October 30th at midnight or uh like was it 11 o'clock i mean we're talking five hours to the year that that deer was in the same spot Mm -hmm. like it ridiculous i don't know if it's if it's just ironic or coincidental or whatever but it's like they they can get bumped by something as, as easy as a coyote or you know whatever but then at the same time and then i look back i've actually i think this this deer might be close to six or seven years old. Um, more, the more I kept looking back at pictures, I'm like, oh, that looks like him there in 2020, and that looks like him there in 2019. They weren't all on Halloween, but what I'm getting at, I guess, is it's their their routine. But at the same time, they can be easily startled. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any experience with stuff like that, or is it one of these? You just like, we're just gonna send it. We're just gonna go, and and what happens happens. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, not, I don't, I don't have a lot of experience, I guess, with what you're saying exactly, just because I haven't ran cameras or anything like that in the last five years, roughly. Um, when, you know, I will start to, I won't say pattern bucks, but when I am out there hunting consecutive days for a while, especially come, you know, the, the, that peak season there in November when I'm out there hunting almost every day, like I'll start to figure out some, some routines that deer will be up to. But then in my experience that they'll also figure out your routines. So you might not blow them out, but they might start figuring out that like, Hey, every day there's something weird going on in that area. I'm going to start avoiding it. And I guess that that would be my, I guess that's, that's kind of what you're saying, I guess. Yeah. So then will you move? Yeah, I mean, I, I have several areas, um, you know, it, it, again, Paul knows because he's hunting out there. He knows that it's a, it's a pretty nice-sized property. Um, not a whole lot of guys hunting out there. I realize that I'm very blessed with that. Um, so I have a lot of places that I can go move to. Um, and I know that there's deer in all these areas. And I just try to, I try to not get locked in on one area unless there's something that's just really keeping me there. What what's you, what's something that would really keep you there? Is it just constantly seeing a good good shooter, or yeah, something like that, or something that might keep me there is that I'm not seeing deer there. So my thought process would be eventually they're going to end up in this area. 
um, something like that. Um, or, you know, if you got, if, if maybe more earlier in the season, but if you got like a tree that's just dropping acorns like crazy or something, like, you know, they're going to have to be there eventually to eat. Right. Derek, do you, do you do much public hunting for, for whitetails? No. Um, that's something that actually me and Jacob have been talking about, um, that we both kind of want to try to get into that. Um, we are actually, I want to try to get into it this year. Um, but when I got back from Colorado, I was dealing with a foot injury, which kind of kept me out of the game for a little while. And that's when I was going to be doing a lot of my public land deer hunting this year. So yeah. if not, if not late season this year, then definitely next year, I'm going to try to do some public land whitetail hunting. Um, yeah, I still do a lot of public land hunting for other things, but with yeah. you know our property, I'm, I'm pretty locked in there. So just, just we'll, we'll play radio as the saying goes. Um, if you're going to a new new property, be it public or private, and you're just kind of like e scouting, not really sure where where you want to go, what what are some things that you're looking for on on like Onyx or Hunt Stand um, to say that okay, this is where I'm going to go? Uh, where I'm going to start at, um, Onyx has a, a feature and it's not like spot on, um, but it, it's it's remarkably close. But Onyx has a feature that actually shows historic uh, acorn producing trees it'll kind of like shade the areas of the map and it'll tell you like hey historically there, there's acorn producing trees here so that's kind of one area i'm going to start with just i i have a i have a good there's a resource telling me that there's a good chance that there's probably acorns in this area so that's a good area to start looking for deer um i i love pinch points too i love finding those areas where i know that deer are going to use that to get from one area to another area spot so whether it be you know just a sliver of woods that's connecting one section of woods to another section of woods um a really overgrown you know bottom land or something like that just an area that you know that the deer are going to be traveling through i love using those areas um i try to not get too close to bedding areas uh, but then again you're really not going to start knowing bedding areas until you're actually boots on the ground and seeing what's actually out there um, and then also another thing I like too, is just your, your big elevation changes, um, kind of your, where we are in Kentucky, like we have a lot of rock features and I, I'm not going to call them cliffs, but we have like these rock ridges that run through our woods. And I've learned that the deer like to use those ridges to travel. So that's another little area that I'm going to look at. I believe the real Southern folk call those bluffs. Right, and that, yeah. <laughs> and that the term the real southern southern Kentucky guys. Yeah. So, hey Derek, I want to go back to that pinch point idea, and I hear that I hear funnels. I want to really, like, I got to visualize this. So when you're talking, I think of a funnel, and I think of like you know everything is just pushing them right into this one certain path. Like it almost should stand out really, really easily to you, but I, I guess I'm never sure. I'm not I, I'm not exactly sure what a pinch point funnel should be looking like. And one time I remember this is early in my deer hunting career. I had a day I sat out. It was one of those days. There must have been a hot doe and walked through. And I called it like the deer portal because it was just this random spot in the woods or this finger of woods where these deer just kept coming out. And I had like three or four shooter bucks and they were all about a half hour apart from each other. Hell, it could have been the same deer. I was, and maybe I was that dumb, but like, there was no funnel there. They absolutely, I mm -hmm. mean, at least not from 
afar or above or however you want to look at it. This was a, a strip of woods and they were just cutting right through the, you know, basically coming into it perpendicular and across. But I always hear people talk about funnels and pinch points and all this kind of stuff. Can you elaborate a little bit more? You did, you did a pretty good job there earlier, but like, is it, I mean, if you had two cliffs or bluffs or whatever you want to call them, is that, you know, that bottom part considered a funnel because they got to walk through the bottom or, I mean, I don't, I don't know. We don't, most of where I'm at is pretty, pretty flat, but. Well, I mean, you kind of have to look at it this way. They're going to take the path of least resistance, just like we are. I mean, we're not going to go busting through a real nasty thick section if we don't have to, right? So my question, I guess, for you would be that spot that you're talking about. Did you actually go down there and look at that spot that they were crossing through? Like, could you see a really prominent game trail that they were using? Yeah. I mean, once I got over there, um, yeah. there was a, there was a you know a dip down in and then back up, and there mm-hmm. was a, enough of a path to get through there that it was it wasn't you know all multi-floor rows or you know brush real heavy. But um, there's other times I don't know. I swear I've sat on paths that are look so damn beaten down and nothing walks through. So I, I I don't know. I just have a hard time picking that out sometimes. Yeah, and it could be just like the change changing of you know the time of year and what they're focusing on you know that that those trails that you're focusing on that you're not seeing deer on maybe it's because that's an area that they're using real heavy in the summer say and then their patterns start to change going into october november now they're using different areas um but the the path of least resistance is something that i've always you know been taught and that's an area that i look at and you know, they're going to think a lot like we are in a lot of ways. So if you're walking through the woods and you think to yourself, what would be the easiest way for me to travel through here? There's just a good chance that that's probably the way they're going to go also. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I would say. And then like with the, another thing I guess I would say about that is you know, they don't necessarily want to be out in the open. So they're going to look for, places that they can use to travel to get from point a to point b that's going to keep them out of the open as long as possible and so i think that that's kind of one thing that people are talking about when they're referring to travel corridors Andrew, you got something else yeah well i'm gonna change it yeah, i say you, you look like you look like you're deep in thought andrew <laughs> we're gonna give to you remember, a second to try to remember everything i think about when i'm sitting in the tree um Okay, this is something I don't think people really talk about, Derek, but in your experience, what are the does doing right now? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. I wish I knew. I I, I feel that they really um they're not really going they're not doing anything too different, I guess is what I'm getting at. You know, they still are feeding, they're still trying to put on weight, um getting ready for winter, um getting ready to you know, be bred. Um, so they're still focusing on, in my opinion, at least they're still mainly focusing on food sources. Um, the bucks are the ones that are, you know, going after them. And we've all heard the saying, you know, hunt where the doe are because then that's where the bucks will be. Um, the reason, so that's kind of my, the reason I that's ask my experience with is it. the one, one camera that I have, and I get it. Cameras aren't everything, but it's what I got, right. I don't live at that property, so I can't tell you what's going on there all the time. Um, my does have kind of disappeared and they've been there all year. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a ton. So the weird part is I guess they haven't disappeared. They've gone very nocturnal, um, mm-hmm. but they have been there all summer long, 
you know, they come through evening, mornings, whatever. And I hadn't had any bucks on there. The, the positive side is now the bucks are showing up and they're getting really close to that, that daylight, um, shooting time. But it's just the, the does do not seem to be coming out to play like they had been most of the summer. So that would make sense on the food as the food sources change, especially up here with the mm-hmm. amount of agriculture we have and, you know, things being taken out of the fields now and everything. So, yeah, a lot of your, a lot of your corn's being cut right now. Um, I don't know how they're doing it in Ohio, but like, you know, for us, soy is still going to be in the ground for a little while, but I've also, in my experience, deer don't seem to focus as much on soy. They're more interested in the corn crop, but like what you said, I mean, the, the food sources are changing. So now the deer are changing where they're going to feed. Um, and then here too, up until lately, it's been very, very dry here. So I know that a lot of guys have been having a lot of success here lately getting, you know, hunting closer to the water sources. Um, thankfully we've gotten quite a bit of rain in the last few days. So that's a weird one. Cause for us, I mean, it, well, where Paul and I are, we got so much rain all summer long. It has gotten drier over the last few weeks, but um, that's never, ever something I consider when I'm trying to just find a place to hunt is if there's water around, but it's probably not a bad idea. Um, shit. What was I, <laughs> I had another thing and I forgot total blank brain fart. We're going to sit here in awkward silence until you remember Andrew. <laughs> so don't, don't swipe out of the app guys. Keep listening. We're going to stand here and stare. I'm just kidding. So Derek, as you are, so it's November, it's Halloween night. The rut is is staring us all right in the face. What What's your mindset going into the rut? Are you completely focused or you just kind of hunt as you can get it? Or do you just get into that uh, just killer mode? Yeah, I mean, for now, I, I always kind of take like a rutcation. Everyone talks about that. That's like real heavy in the deer hunting. I always take it off during our rifle season. Um, so our rifle season opens November 13th. I think it is this year, 12th or 13th. One of those two days, whatever, which one ever wants the Saturday is when our rifle season opens. So I'll be off starting that day and I'll have, mm, I think eight or nine days to hunt. So out of those eight or nine days, I'll be in the woods every day with a rifle. Um, but before that, it's just get out as much as I can with the bow, which I've been doing ever since I got back to Colorado. Um, but I'm definitely getting more aggressive with it now. Um, whereas, you know, my sits before have been kind of more observation sits. Um, and, and of course, if an opportunity presents itself, I'm going to take it. But, but now I'm actually, you know, focusing a lot heavier on these areas that I have been seeing more deer at. Like I said, when we first started, I had that, that really nice buck I saw a couple weeks ago. And so I'm, I'm hitting that area pretty hard where I saw him um but still still having to work up till then so it's just get out and hunt as much as i can between work derek do you guys have down your way have any of the issues with the ehd this year i haven't heard much about it this year um in my area we're where our property is if we have an ehd outbreak in kentucky it seems like it's always around where i'm at um, but I haven't heard anything about it this year. That's not to say that it's not going on. I just haven't heard about it, but so you, you've dealt with it in the past though. Yeah. Um, I, I'm when just, I was younger. Yeah. I'm just curious. Uh, Southwest Ohio got hit pretty good with it. Parts of Indiana. I know. Um, does that, 
change how you're going to attack a, a rut hunt at all? No, not, not for me. Okay. Um, cause typically it's going to happen. Your, your EHD outbreaks are usually going to happen before the rut starts. It's usually kind of when it's warmer out in my experience, kind of like beginning of the, the earlier bow season. Right. I just didn't know if, I mean, essentially if you lose a certain percentage of your population, you know, you've got decreased numbers. Mm. I, I've heard, you know, you decrease the number of does, then the bucks are going to have to travel farther to find what they're looking for. So maybe you'll get some more movement. Um, but then again, if you don't have as many bucks because they don't exist anymore, I didn't, I didn't know if there was any, you know, thought on, on how that all that plays out. No, I mean, we're, there's a few factors at play there. First off, like we're not taking a whole lot of deer off of our property. You know, by the time the season's over between me and the couple other guys that hunt out there, we might take five or six deer off the property total. So we're not taking a lot of deer off to start with. And then the other thing is, and I know the EHD problems can be a lot worse in other areas, but in my experience, I've never really seen like, a huge die off of deer, it, you know, it's maybe one or two here or there throughout the season. And that's about it. And probably honestly, no different than deer getting hit by cars. Well, that's positive and uplifting. I appreciate that, Derek. You made me feel better. <laughs> Good deal. That's Months. It. What else, what else you got banging around in there? I, I see something. No, I, at the moment, I think, I mean, I'm ready to go. I just got to find time. Which, mm-hmm. if Derek can figure that out, figure that one out, then <laughs> he can tell us all. But yeah, yeah. But, uh, my internet connection is unstable, apparently. So, where? Uh, <laughs> well, let's let's wrap this up. And so, if you're unstable and Derek has to go, then we're all good. So, um, Derek, appreciate you coming on, man. Um, yeah. And good luck to you the rest of the year. Hopefully, that foot cooperates and uh, keep us in the loop on. On, on what you take down, all right? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Good luck on the rest of your all season. I know you, you've got quite a few dough already, but go go after a good nice buck, man. Is that what you're supposed to do? Uh, yeah, I oh. mean, I don't. I I'm more interested in what's in the freezer, honestly. No. I, I don't. So, <laughs> hey, where can everybody find you? I know over on Go Wild, but uh, do you want to tell them what your name is over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek Tolls, uh, spelled T O W L E S. Everyone always says towels, but uh, yeah, I'm on I'm on Go Wild, and that's it, man. I'm not on any other social media. So I swore off all that a few years back, and haven't looked back. Smart man, smart yeah. man. Well, Derek, we appreciate you, and uh, have a good night. Hopefully, it's not too wild for you down there. Yeah, man. You guys take care. Good talking with you. Yep. Cheers, Derek. Cheers.